Welcome to another podcast series of Leveraging with Enahoru. I'm excited that you're here and you always come around to listen to my podcast. The goal of this podcast is to help individuals achieve their own goal and for organizations to achieve their mission. And today we have a guest in the house. I'm so excited about her. Her name is Dima Owobi and she's the chief happiness consultant of Ultra Bliss. She speaks happiness, sleep happiness, teach happiness, consult for happiness, coach people around happiness. And it's good to have her here. Dima, you're welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic in the sense that I have chosen how I want to navigate this period. So it's frustrating sometimes because of um, the workload, the being locked down with the kids and getting them to navigate the different emotions that is coming up for them. The, the, the kind of um, subtle pressure to want to be productive at this time and come up with products and all of that. And yeah. of course, you put the social comparison part. Well, God, everybody seems to be doing so much. So I need to... <laughs> right. But it's recognizing that, um, hey, this is what it is. And I am the person who determines how I want to play today. And so the more I let that sink in, the more I just enjoy the process and yeah be productive but beyond that be conscious that i don't want to be caught in that doing 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 i want yeah. to be more being so that i am um, literally having the life that i want and still being productive so i guess it's a series of learnings and choices interesting um we our, our industry seems to be busier now yeah, busier and even getting those of us who are thought leaders, content pro, pro, content producers, and leading a tribe to get really anxious or worried or overworked because you you get that that feeling that you need to do something because the cheese has moved and people are winning the market. So you need to stay alert, stay productive, and like I said can really eat you up if you don't learn how to create a congruence between who you are as a leader in whatever industry you are and who you are as a person, which I think is even more important than um, the roles that we play. And there's there's a lot of free, free, free things out there. How are you feeling about that? Everything is almost free now. How I feel about it, it's, um, it's multidimensional. First of all, um, the thing I do is, um, yeah, there are so many. And then you look at the topics, even for you that is an influencer, you want to say, oh, I need to get into this. I need to get into it. So I just asked myself, per week since we started this lockdown, I determine where, what I want to grow in. Yeah. And so I narrow my focus only on those learnings in that direction. Because you can find yourself zooming in and out of classes and you don't even do anything with all you have acquired. So determining that, okay, this period, I just want to stay on probably how to navigate emotions. And if I find a learning in that area, I plan it in my time yeah. to do that. So I guess that has helped me in really taking ownership of what do I want to be doing per time than being swayed by what is happening. Then if you look at the freebies that are coming up, I think it's also part of um, what we need to know about our business models because freebies are part of it. So yeah. you want to also be able to say, how much freebie do I want to do? Because we can all be doing freebie, at least. Yeah. The, the service providers are not asking a Nahoro. You have done yeah. 50 freebies and so they give you data. You still they have to asking, pay. man. <laughs> <laughs> still have they to pay for the have to pay take care of your family and all that so it's about determining how much free do i want to do such that i am still giving the low-hanging fruits my um tribe members who just need a little to sustain themselves and i'm also being productive because you have staff to pay and life yeah. to maintain interesting interesting so um 
you are you are the diva of happiness i know that you are certified in emotional intelligence and i know that all you do is about helping people to be happy i mean i, I checked out your profile from your organization to helping couples helping individuals it's just about happiness how did you decide to choose the path of happiness before we get into the questions um, about paradox of happiness okay um why did i do happiness i think um, it stems from my personal story and then um you know i started live as a very young girl but then sometime around my teen years i had some issues with poor body confidence which had to do with, um, I, um, I, I tend to say that the ants loved my skin a lot. And so they always wanted people to know they visited, if you know what uh, I mean. Uh. So he <laughs> told me there was a spot left there. And so as a young girl playing with my siblings, my siblings would say, oh, spotty. Hey. I was a young teenager, not teen, a preteen. Those days of um, Super Ted, there mm. was this cat then super ted and super ted had a friend who was sporty yeah. they had all of her part that had all of those spots and jokingly, <laughs> uh, jokingly my um, siblings would say sporty 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 and i kind of feel that um that affected my confidence and my being myself really to do what i wanted to do and speak up when i wanted to speak up and so mm-hmm. as i evolved mm-hmm. As I evolved and learned to take ownership of my authenticity and truly live that happy life, I started to feel, you know, there are some people who truly want to be happy, but circumstances in life may have made them not do that. And because of my early dive into working with couples, I realized that a lot of times, even how we do relationships stems from ours as individuals so a happier person would build a happier marriage mm. a happier person would raise a happier um, child so i started to study the science of happiness and the things i learned were really transformational to me and that's why i just want to share it with as many people as possible so that they can actually create their own happiness and enjoy it thank you thank you Dima. interesting interesting so uh, this issue of happiness is a serious paradox. I can't tell you how many coaching sessions I've had because people are sad and they are trying to be happy. First of all, they think that the opposite of sadness is happiness, which in itself is a big talk. Um, <laughs> and every time I finish with a client and I realize that, like we do in our, in our work, I don't give them anything particular for them to take home you know it's simply a thing of the mind it's then i begin to reminisce and i'm wondering you know this happiness is just there it's just there for everybody to take everybody's chasing it yet a lot of people can't touch it however it is available it's like a an online cycle you keep chasing happiness it's right there in front of you you can't touch it and because you can't touch it, you're sad. And then because you're sad and you want to be happy, you keep chasing. You know, it, it's this rat, it's like a rat race of happiness. And it's so paradoxical because it doesn't make sense. It is there, take it. You can have it, but yet you can't have it. And a lot of people are suffering from it. I'm sure this is your day-to-day experience, right? Yeah, yeah. So the paradox of happiness, a lot of people are pursuing it and it's looking like the more you pursue it, the unhappier you get. And I like to like this, you know, take for instance in Nahoro, you say to your son, go and get it. And your son with all of his energy, with all of his stamina, with all of the resources he has, he keeps running, he's running to go and get it. He keeps running and running and running. But you know, at a point in time, he doesn't even know what is the eat that daddy said I should go and get. Hmm. And so it doesn't matter how much he runs. It doesn't matter how many times he renews his energy and his pursuit for it. Hmm. Because it was never defined, 
your son will never get it. Yeah. So yeah. it's the happiness. So many people may be chasing after happiness, but they are not getting it because really, they never even stop to ask myself, what am I chasing? What is it? What is yeah. happiness? So I guess in, in trying to um, simplify and understand the paradox of how you are chasing happiness and you're not getting it, it starts from really defining what is it? What mm. is happiness that you're chasing? And um, this lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, she puts it so beautifully. And she says that happiness is not a goal. It is the byproduct of life well lived. Wow. The byproduct of life well lived. Before we get into that, so I, I would, yeah. I mean, I find myself telling people that nothing is it. And that yeah. it is what you call it. Um, so Christianity is not it, Muslim, Islam is not it, Buddha is not it, um, wealth is not it, poverty is not it, nothing is it. It is what you define as it. And if you, like, like you said, if we don't understand what it is in our life, then we would keep chasing it and we would never find it. Yeah. What a life. Yeah. What a life. That's why um I, I like what you said. You said it there's nothing called it. It is as defined. And so in trying to understand happiness, maybe should we look at what some researchers have done about what it really is when in terms of happiness, which yes. then is different. Yeah. So if we look at it like um the quotes that I mentioned. Eleanor Roosevelt saying that happiness is not a goal, but a life well lived. A lot of research has actually been done about happiness. What is this happiness? How can a person be happy? Is happiness really possible? And make, you know, and the studies still continue. But then it's interesting to find out that happiness, you know, many at times, like you said in your work, people are sad and they want to be happy. And they feel that happiness is the opposite of sadness. Mm. But you know, it's just one aspect of it. If you're looking at happiness as that holistic sense of life satisfaction, that holistic sense of I'm living the life that I want to live, then mm. it's beyond the emotions. Because emotions is just one aspect of it. And what we need to find out is that even in having emotions, the unpleasant and pleasant emotions are part of the equation. There is, so long as you're in this imperfect world, you can never have positive emotions every day. So yeah. you are happy, you are joyful, you are enthusiastic. Some days you will be sad, some yes. days you will be worried, some days you will be anxious. It's all part of the mix. So it's being able to know how do I enjoy the positive emotions when they occur and how do I navigate the unpleasant emotions when they call that really can give you that happiness that you want mm. interesting interesting how, how do i enjoy the positive pleasant emotions and then how do i navigate um the the, the unpleasant emotions so, so when you say a life well lived um a lot of people would look at that that sentence from an end so the, the only way you know a life well lived is from the end point and if you are coming to know a life well lived from the end point you have already lived the life so if you realize that you didn't live it well well there's already no opportunity to live it so is a life well lived something that you come and check at the end of life or a life well lived is what you do on a daily basis um, um and now Oro a life well lived um it's the process so anthony robbins will say that happiness is the progress and not a destination mm. i would say in the architecture of intentional happiness that happiness is not just a state it is a set of skills mm. so answering what you said i like to tell people attend your burial mm. like attend 
your funeral, right? Yeah, the average your... African man doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> but that is... People are saying that happiness is a paradox and a lot of people are chasing happiness and they seem not to be getting it. Mm. Then if you to like leave that life of um, satisfaction, you need to do a set of things differently. I mean, if you've been chasing happiness the same way you've been chasing it and you're not getting the results you want, isn't that what we say insanity is? Yeah. So it has yeah. to a different set of things. And in answering your questions, when you attend your funeral, when you are able to write your eulogy and you know what you want to be remembered for, then in coaching, you know how we talk about reverse engineering? Mm. You need to now set the things in process to make that funeral that you see, that eulogy you want to be heard recited at your bed on the day that you're being laid to rest, mm. you need to reverse and start living it. So really, it's not until you are gone, dead and gone. It's what are you doing? How are you showing up every day? Mm. What are you doing every day to ensure that you're living this life? And and I wrote, it starts with giving yourself permission to be human. We have a lot of pressure we are putting on ourselves. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. it's just the first step. So how mm. do I want to... Re- be remembered i want to be remembered as that lady who rocked her happiness and helped other people to rock theirs so what do i need to do daily how do i need to think how do i need to feel what actions do i need to take every day in progression to that ultimate goal and Mm. i know i think that's what happiness really is wow so so i mean i remember um one of the philosophies of um emotional intelligence is the process is the content so what you're saying is um happiness is not a place where somebody would get to and say now i am happy that's a mirage right so happiness is the life that we live daily and when you say a life well lived from what you've said now is to take an intentional decision and say this is how I want to live my life, right? Um, and then begin to live that life like that so that at the end of the day, you'll be able to say, I have lived a life well, I've lived my life well. And, and that is daily, that is minute by minute. That's what you're trying to say, right? Um, yeah. Interesting. So so if you're listening to this right now, you, you need to attend your burial, right? Um, mm-hmm. l- look at yourself after life and then be able to say after life this is the life that i lived and then come back and live that life interesting so um hmm. you said emotion is one part of it yeah but, but happiness is emotion so how is it one part of it <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what i said that if we look at happiness with the in line with the science of happiness yeah hmm. and we have we are linking it to happiness you being happy is you living a satisfying life then hmm. there are six pillars to six pillars being, yes happiness being a flourishing life happiness hmm. being living a satisfying life on that you really want and so mm. emotion one of those pillars I, i'll just quickly just tell you a little bit about the other five pillars that yeah. makes for life satisfaction the next one is how you're showing up so yeah being able to navigate your emotions is one the next is how are you showing up in the world a lot mm. of people are mm. living the authentic lives they are living the lives that they see on the screen they are living the life that they see their coach living. They are wow. living the life that their spouse wants them to live. But in doing that, you really cannot say you're happy because deep down in you, there's no congruence with who you are inside and what you're presenting. So happiness really is being able to say, how do I want to show up in the world in a way that is my authentic way and helps mm. me to really interact with the world my own way that's the, the second pillar wow now there's going to be a lot of questions inside that but i want you to finish all the pillars first go ahead the third one so, the third one the third one will be relationships mm. like um one of the longest um well-being studies that has ever been done is over 80 years and it's currently being run by the harvard university so they are checking people's lives for over 80 years 
Wow. And what are they really checking? What makes for a satisfying life? And if we're saying a satisfying life is a happy life, the findings of the research has been interesting. And the people that have been studied over those 80 years, they have looked at them, their spouses, their children, and on and on and on, and been able to say that the most important or major contributor to a happier, more satisfying life is, guess what? Healthy relationships and social interactions. Wow. Wow. And so that's the power of happiness. Being able to have healthy relationships and being other people-centered. Hmm. Because we are, as human beings, we are created to bond, to want to love and be loved. So you yeah. can't really be in isolation. Wow. So, so how so, are you related? Wow. So so before you go to the remaining three, so that um, I, I can ask some questions that I believe the audience would want to ask. So yes, there is the part of how you show up, right? Yeah. Now, is it about how I show up or how I prefer to show up? Because I might, prepare, I might prefer to be showing up as Dinma, even though I don't have the capacity to show to show up as Dinma. And then every time I show up as Dinma, I know I'm lying to myself. And then I go back, I'm having shown up, and then I'm not happy. So how do you tell someone, show up in a particular way, whereas the person prefers to show up in a particular way? So, for example, they prefer to show up in a particular way on the gram, on Instagram, but they don't have the capacity. So, they're struggling to show up. Now, for somebody who is eventually able to show up in a false way, they have, quote and unquote, they're happy. Even though we know that that's not true happiness. So, how do you sort that paradox again out? I love to show up in this way, but I don't have the capacity to show up in that way. And I'm forcing myself, doing all I can to show up so that I will be happy. Now, would I be wrong to do that? Because once I'm able to show up in a way that I don't have capacity to show up, I feel happy. Okay. Is that wrong? So if I'm hearing you clearly, you want to be this, this is the avatar or the ideal person you want to be. And then you don't have the capacity to be that person. Now it starts first of all from saying to yourself, this is who I am. So when I'm saying show up the way you want to show up, I'm not necessarily talking about fake it till you make it mm. or mimic what you are not. Mm. I'm saying coming to terms with who you are, coming to terms with your strengths, mm. with your limitations, with your weaknesses, with the boundaries that you have, with who you are and being authentically you. You know, I'd mentioned that happiness is not just a state, it's a skill. So, yeah. for example, somebody who wants to show up in a particular way, but you don't have the skill set, you don't have the tool set, you're not even there mentally how you want to show up. That's why it's a skill. You keep learning and mm. you keep showing up. Mm. So you keep improving yourself because let me tell you, even the best of people who you think they are showing up the way you want to show up, so somebody might be listening to me and say, oh, I like the way Dima talks about happiness. I want to be able to talk about that. Dima is still a work in progress. Yeah. I'm still... And so you need to be get to that level where you are comfortable with who you are, with the limitations you have and the strength you have and keep showing up even as you're learning because all of us are still figuring it out. Nobody has it completely figured out. What so, you know that you go and be that. So underneath everything that you're saying, I'm hearing contentment. Like know yeah. your strength, know your weaknesses, know your bank account, you know, know how much it can give to you, accept it for what it is, even though you want to have a bigger bank account. But this is where you are now. Accept it. Is that that's what you're saying, right? Be content with what you have. I, I will want to stretch that. Yes, be content, but be have the mindset of growing have a growth mindset because yeah. some people have contentment to be uh, mediocrity mm. because in contentment as mediocrity you will still not be happy because there is more that you can be so it's about having that growth mindset being grateful for where you are yeah enjoying the moment even in the process of becoming and being hopeful for what the future has to present. 
So you are content, you are grateful, but you are not like, oh, I have arrived. You are still open-minded to keep growing. It's very difficult for people to understand when I say to them, you can be content and still keep chasing. And they're wondering how. If I'm content, that means I'm not chasing anymore. I said, no. You can be content daily. Be grateful for where you are. However, you wake up every day and you still keep chasing. And they're not conflicting each other. That's possible, right? Yeah, that's possible. And now, Horo, let me um, like put it this way. As humans, we are wired to want to conquer. Yes. We are wired. That's why we are gods. That's why we are creative. That's why we can't be naturally happy with um, just being without wanting to pursue. Excited, without wanting to pursue. So, as human beings, I, I, I like to say that human beings are homo prospectus. So, we are always prospecting. What would the future hmm. be? And if you look at um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that also helps to see how even when you get content in, um, say for example, you make a million dollars. That might be a dream you have and you're like, oh, once I hit a million dollars, that's it, I'm content, I have arrived. But when you get there, there is a maximum amount of time that one million dollars will be it for you. Yeah, you, yeah. You will want, that is the God nature in you. That is the human being in you. And so you can't really say that contentment is at getting to a point and moving that's why happiness is not a destination it is a process because no matter what you achieve you will want to achieve more you want to achieve more so breaking that paradox would be saying show up the way you are accept it but continue to grow your skills so that you continue to show up in a better way and a better way and a better way and then you keep showing up and then you will eventually see yourself in all those dreams. And even when you get to that dream, you will still have more dreams and you'll continue to show up, right? It sounds like yeah. some of the things that I said in the paradox of perfection. And the perfection is not a place, it's not a state, right? You keep getting, you, you, you keep getting better and then better and better. Well, so we, we've sorted out the first one. The second one is that happiness is tied to relationships. And it's funny how people want to be happy. They have relationships around them but they destroy the relationships because they are chasing happiness. I mean, the paradoxes. <laughs> you know, it's just it's too much. Look at one aspect of it, you are un- uncovering or unraveling. Paradox. So yeah. the paradox is actually like a series of paradoxes that you have to like tear apart and look at. And like you said, it's really something worrisome that people uh, are in relationships. And when we're talking relationships, it can be intimate relationships and other relationships, mm. not necessarily intimate, because uh, beyond intimate relationship, we need other relationships. Yes. You need relationship skills with your workers. You need relationship skills with your network, with society. Mm. And in chasing happiness, people actually destroy the relationships that they have. <laughs> and this paradox reminds me of um, something. When you Google the top five regrets that people have on their deathbeds. Hmm. When you Google that, it's very interesting. I, I, I've done that research severally. And you Google the top five regrets that people have on their deathbeds. Hmm. Majority of them, more than 80 to 90% of them are tied relationships. So people on their deathbeds, CEOs, people who have made money, people that are reckoned with, even across KEDA, mm. it it's not only the rich, the middle class, and even the poor. What people mostly regret is, oh, I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I did this with my loved ones. I wish I did this in the community. I wish I spent more time. So you see that when the chips are down, it's actually relationships mm. that truly matter. And so if we get, that's why I said, you know, I'm now connected why i said attend your funeral yeah so when you are funeral mentally what do you want to see what do you mm. want to hear who do you want to be there talking about how you influence their lives it's not the buildings you have yeah it's not the yeah. money's account it's the people that feel that 
their lives have become better because of you your children your family the community that indigent child who went to school because of you yeah. that person who didn't know how to navigate emotions but met a nahoro and mm. he taught him how to leverage it i guess mm. that's what we want and so it still boils down to relationship that's why it's very important wow imagine that a man leaves his office he's not happy because several things have happened in the office and i say to him instead of getting home and leveraging the relationship of your wife to key back that happy state because that that's a tool for you you then get home and the very tool that you're supposed to use to ignite it back, you then go and have an issue with that tool and then you fall again further into your worry and your sadness. Such a terrible way of living life. So yeah. relationship is a tool. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting as you're talking, I'm, I'm beginning to, uh, you know, some things were coming to my mind because we're having this conversation around paradox. So now you've learned it shouldn't you just run with it but it gets to that point where i also see this journey of happiness like i said it's us being kind to ourselves Mm. now it's important that we understand that there are certain things that come easily for some people that may not come easily for another and also you know that mindsets are really like difficult to break if somebody yeah, has yeah. lived over a time that this is who he is, and then you just say, um, you know, come and lay hands, we need to see that it's a process. That's yeah. why I said happiness is a process. And in showing up the way you want to show up, you want to be able to cut yourself some slack. And now I'm going to say this carefully so that it doesn't make some school of thought feel okay. So, so long as I keep not getting it right. <laughs> I should continue. Uh, no. Giving yourself permission to be human, it's actually twofold. It's you giving yourself that permission to utilize your potentials to go for that thing and to pursue it. In as much as he's also saying to yourself, I want to um, take mistakes as learning opportunities. Yeah. So for that person who repeatedly has to show up for deliverance of firstborn, let's even imagine, did he understand what the f- deliverance in the first place actually did for him? Yeah. Because yeah. So possibly the next person who wants to deliver him again doesn't now need to deliver him. You need to now, in quotes, take him to foundational classes to know that you have actually been delivered. <laughs> help him do a mind uh, a, a mindset shift a mind paradigm shift or whatever than mm. having to come over and over and that's why for me coaching is very interesting yeah because yeah. people come to you as a coach with this goal and the more you're interacting with them the more you're seeing how do i tweak those questions or this um thing that i'm doing with this person to help him really go in that direction that he should be going but either he's he has a mental block that is not making him go there or he doesn't even know that he has the power already in him i, I mean what yeah. the coaching you are the aspects of your life we're just helping you get down to um those resources that you have and that makes it even more interesting. yeah so for, for every coaching session that i have especially those people that write in the form i just want to be happy you know, at the end of the day, after the session is over, maybe one month session on cycle, I I never fail to call them and say, you know what, did, did you realize that I didn't give you anything physical? That we just worked on your mind and we didn't go, we didn't go to change somebody else. Everything happened within you and they say yes. And I said, that's where the real power is. I, I try to make them understand so that they will realize that it's not that there's nothing superficial about this. It's, it's like you said, it's mindset and we have to change it. So we've dealt with three and we've entered into the three. Um, the first one is emotion. Um, the second one is um, how you show up and the third one is relationship. Okay, so yeah. what what other three? What are the next three? Okay, the fourth piece of it um, would be uh, a meaning. 
what meaning does life give for you? Like you said, um, <laughs> the, the goal of this show is for mm. people to be able to pursue their noble goal and, you know, get skills that will help them do that. And that is fantastic because meaning wakes you up from bed. You know why I'm laughing? <laughs> why? <laughs> because everything, you know, it's beginning to dawn on me. Well, I know that each of these paradox are going to get into each other. So I have on the list the paradox of meaning, the paradox of mistakes. I mean, <laughs> those are the kind of things we're dealing with today in order to be happy. So it's, it's, it seems like I, I don't have a choice. Um, I have to deal with all of these paradox. Well, I mean, that's why I'm here. We'll keep opening them up. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I guess when you're dealing with them real, then you can break them because there's a yeah, lot. Even the yeah. that we have there are different things to talk about but i'm just like being on the surface so, so things li life, life is filled with paradoxes man yeah yeah wow so really what meaning and being able to it's um kind of saddening a bit when you're talking about the meaning and what life represents to you we have people in their 60s people in their 70s that don't even know why they are here don't even know what makes life meaningful for them. And that's why they see that they keep going through those circles of unhappiness. Uh. So it's, it, it really boils down to being able to say, what makes for a meaningful life for me? And then creating strategies to make that come to be. Mm. Like somebody was saying to me, um, what do you even derive from all this uh, Facebook live shows you are doing and you're talking about happiness or you are doing that you, you should be sleeping my, my show is but I say to her that is the meaning that is my purpose statement that is my noble goal and so because I've identified it when I'm engaged in those things I am living a happy life because it ties to why I feel um, the contribution I'm making to the universe and how I'm making life better place for me and for others. And that's part of what makes for happiness. So, so I'd, I'd love to know your, your noble goal statement. My noble goal is um, that every contact with me, we leverage a step to their destiny. You know, um, statement. What, what's yours? So take a guess. What do you think mine will be? If somebody I mean... was thinking... <laughs> I, 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 I'm thinking that it would be um, making the world flourish with happiness, something like that. <laughs> well, my noble goal is, is to use um, my intuitive wisdom to inspire others to live their authentic lives and enjoy mm. a happy and satisfying lives. Wow. Interesting. Use my to inspire others to be authentic and enjoy happier, more satisfying lives. I, I love the, I really, really love the idea of Nobu Go. You know, every time I work with a client or I finish a certification and I help people to find their Nobu goal, I, I just feel so good. There's just something around, it's like you've gone to touch the essence of someone's life. You know, it's going to be part of this series that I do. Wow, so meaning meaning you, you've got to look for the meaning of your life the meaning of everything that you're doing you must be able to shape um meaning um interesting when we get to the paradox of meaning we'll go deep that deep into that wow yeah. interesting interesting happiness so simple yet so complex mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. wow what's the fifth one the fifth one will be achievements achievements yeah. As mm. human beings, we are goal-driven. Yeah. And so that piece of it is where I see um, a lot of people, when in their pursuit of happiness, they are mostly going for the first one, the positive emotions and the mm. achievement. Mm. And that's why you see like a, a CEO who is a billionaire, but tomorrow you hear he committed suicide. And people are you like, know, what? You know, you know. <laughs> Can, can you quickly dive into the big paradox that money does not give happiness? I mean, how how often have you had to deal with that? Now, um, 
you know, it's very frustrating if you are talking to people who are of the in the climb that we are in. Yeah. Imagine some typical African, and Africa has been struggling for sustenance. Africa has been struggling to eat and make it. And you are saying to him, money doesn't bring happiness. They can almost slap you. Is it that? Mean, who the hell? Who the hell are you? <laughs> Money does not bring happiness. Give me the money. Give me the money first. <laughs> <laughs> I had to cry in a limousine that to, you know to try on a bicycle, and I understand all of that. But you know, because I also understand that you, you can't just talk about this concept of money not bringing happiness isolation. Yeah. You have to also look at it with other models like um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. So if somebody is lower rank and is looking for food, shelter, and you're telling him money doesn't bring happiness, he can slap you. Yeah. But if somebody yeah. has got like self-actualization, and you're saying money doesn't bring happiness, he can better understand. Because mm. he has been in places where he had money, but the money still didn't give him a life satisfaction. So we need to know where people are at in their life journeys mm. before we throw that in. Yeah, but having I, I, said, Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Having said that, really, research has shown that money cannot sustain happiness. That's why how I, I now rephrase it. You, you had to rephrase it to fit the African yeah, environment, right? I say to you, when I get money, I feel happy. But yeah. I say to him, imagine that all the money you have ever made or felt or had in your life was 500000 And you get $2 million. Of course, you will be happy. Your yeah. emotions feel positive emotions but with time the ability for that money to keep you in that state of positivity that it brought you initially begins mm. to fade to gradually so that's why we say money does not sustain happiness it might heighten your positive emotions at that time but mm. with time it, it, it dwindles i i and, yeah. no, go ahead go ahead so that makes it, so when you explain this, it's easier for people to uh, identify with it because they've been in those positions where they got the money and go, oh, 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 with time, they didn't feel that much satisfaction. Hey, hey, than telling me that money does not bring happiness. <laughs> you know, it was, it's so easy for you and I to get to that conclusion because, I mean, I've had to, I've had to coach a lot of wealthy people who are depressed and sad. You know, and like I said, nothing is it. Money too is not it. You know, b yeah. before you go to the next one, um, while we're talking about this achievement, and I'll let you go deep, um, just like we said, money would not sustain happiness. Some people also want to be married so that they will be happy. That's another big, big brohaha that I've had to deal with. And I'm sure you've been there. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why the piece was saying that um, the achievement can heighten your satisfaction at that time. Hmm. But if we also remember that we say these are skills and it's a process, every achievement that you make in life requires a set of skills and resources to keep enjoying what you want to get from it. Mm. So somebody that your achievement is to start a business, you start that business, it makes you happier. Yeah. Obtain the happiness. What are the skills for business that you need to continually learn? Yeah. Show up the way you want to show up in business. So you want to get married and you feel once I get married, I'll be happy. Yes, you get married, you feel that happiness. But if you still do not continue to learn and apply the skills that make for relationship, mm. that relationship will suffer and you will no longer be happy. So we, it's just important for us to keep reiterating that happiness is not a destination, yeah. it's a process. Because if you get that destination, there is how you need to show up, how you need to think, how you need to feel to continue to enjoy the dividends of that destination so to say so so what i hear you say is achievement is one of the reasons one of the pillars of happiness um yeah. even at that the achievement itself is not a state is continue to learn how to achieve and you achieve on step one and you are happy but you need to keep learning 
because your mind will yearn for step two and then you keep learning to while you're you're happy with step one and you're satisfied then you look forward to step two while holding onto the satisfaction of step one and when you get to step two you're happy wow and then you hold on to that while yearning for the happiness of step three but holding on to the happiness of step two and when you get to step three oh great and if you don't get to step three yet you still have the happiness from step two right or even step one to keep sustaining you right yeah you just um you just nailed it mm. Mm. so because I, I need the listeners to understand that when you say it is the pillar it is not necessarily when i achieve then i have to be happy and, and i'll be continuously happy right it is the meaning yeah. go ahead please i agree with you and then probably let's not look at pillar because you know the, the meanings that people give so i would rather call it pathways exactly like architecture of intentional happiness so mm. maybe because you are looking like a pillar i just quickly brought pillar but they are actually pathways they are, mm. so to say so that makes it a little bit um easier to understand that these are pathways to happiness so mm. it doesn't mean that once i follow this pathway i have arrived it's 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 where is the path that you take in that journey interesting wow interesting yeah. um and the last one the last one and often the neglected ones is vitality and by vit- vitality ah. it's about how do you ah. take of your mind body spirit connection mm. you know people are just um pursuing one goal or the other to the detriment of their health sometimes when i'm on social media my heart goes out to the ignorance of some um, remarks I see people make. So somebody is awake at 2 a.m. and the person will post on social media, where are the high-flying entrepreneurs? Why the lazy people are sleeping? We are working. Oh my God, you're killing yourself. (laughs) Sleep is such an essential pathway to a happier life that most people realize. So you're talking Mm -hmm. of exercising and people are like oh exercising is for the cosmetic effect i'm okay with the way i am exercising is a pathway to happiness because it helps to keep you vital so that piece is about the how you nourish your mind body and spirit with the different self-care practices that you do so so uh, it's very funny you know all our on your my mentor um he he would say at the time in his life he used to pride in the work that he does right and sometimes they work for seven days without sleeping you know taking shifts and working and he used to be very proud of it and uh, as he grew up in life he realized that it's nothing to be proud of there's nothing to be proud of you should rather be proud of the fact that you're able to balance your life sleep when you can when you're supposed to sleep you know, yeah. rest when you're supposed to rest, take care of your body when you're supposed to. Um, yeah. But why would people not want to take care of their body? It's It sounds like a logical thing to want to do. Yeah, because it, it, it's, I guess, is um, the society and how we were socialized. Um, there's this lady that I, I, I respect, I work a lot, Brene Brown. She yeah. said something about, um, she was talking about play. And why it's difficult for people to play because we have seen exhaustion as a status symbol. Mm. Imagine mm. if you come and you are showing up like you are playing. People will say you are there playing when your mates are making seven feet. And, and then you, you play, you play a lot. Come on, you you play a lot. No, <laughs> how, how people have been socialized. So if somebody comes and says, um, "Follow me, and you can make nine-figure income." And another person comes and says, like Dima will come and say, follow me and I'll teach you how to play. Come on, Enahoro. Which one will people join? <laughs> of course, nine million. <laughs> yeah, so they will follow me. So when I get the nine million, I'll come back and play. <laughs> I'm not saying that nine million is not working, but you see where the direction and mentality is going because yeah, we feel that yeah. play is what on serious people do. We feel that play is what people will have you know, you have food on your table, you have shelter, mm. that's why you eat. But yeah, really, yeah. 
vital piece of what makes us humans and what makes us happy. And that you know, is the unregulated piece, especially for people in our field of work. Like when we started this conversation, um, we're talking about how the pressure to create, to be... There are people that run Zoom um, webinars Monday through Sundays at unholy hours without even a consideration for their own well-being. Mm. And so you get to a time where you even start feeling sad. Perhaps, for example, you're thinking, oh, I'm giving all of this, but what am I getting back in return? Because you are denying yourself some vitality in pursuing that. So we need to be able to create a ham some harmony. Mm. You know, do this, but look inwards and take care of yourself. Because after everything, it's only in this body, mind, and spirit that you've even got to live to keep pursuing this happiness. It's uh, it's always an irony, a paradox. You know, uh, there's a research that... I've got a video on the research that shows that people think that you need to work hard to make money so that you'll become happy. But the reverse is the case. You're supposed to be happy first so that you'll be able to flourish and then you'll be able to make money. And that's very difficult for people to accept. That's why we're here. We keep uh, re-educating them. And that one just reminds me of um, the other saying that says... um, when I'm successful, I will be happy. Hmm. But really, when you are happy, that you are you successful. successful. What a world! How sometimes I wonder how this world got into all of this paradox and irony. You know, um, it's just natural to think that when I'm successful, I will be happy. But the real thing is that when you are happy, then you will be successful. You know. I mean, it's a world of irony, it's a world of paradox, and I hope that um, people would have used this opportunity to learn the fact that happiness is not um, a destination. It's a daily thing, and you are, you are happy by the minute, you are happy by the moment, and by how you manage your emotions, how you show up and balance that, how you manage relationships and and utilize relationships in our lives how you give meaning to your life achievements how you define your achievements and pursue it and how vital you are so so um suffice to say that it's simple but it's not simple and that's why we have people like you (laughs) exactly uh i i i tried to look at it from that empowering perspective of it is doable yeah. and when i'm saying it's doable it's about us first of all embracing being you know when i say this people get to ask what do you mean there is a reason why we are called human beings rather than human human doings yeah we're in a world that is so crazy about doing yes and that's the that is the main reason why we have a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of sadness, because we are so engrossed in doing, 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 doing. Can we just relax and be? Because mm. in being, you're connecting to your authentic self. And there's nothing as sweet as that. And and just to help the participants or the listeners know, Dima, um, I'm a very happy person. You know, I, I lost... I lost my ability to be sad in a, at a high degree in 2008. Um, I'll just round up with that and take the last words. So I, I went, I was going to get married um, and all hell was breaking loose on me. I, I had to rent a new apartment. I had to prepare for the marriage, you know, all of those costs and everything. And I was so sad. I was sad on a daily basis. I went to church one day and the teacher, the preacher said, count it all joy. Just count it as joy. You know, and as I was going home, I was wondering, okay, so joy will be better than sadness. But do you just count it? You just count it. You just like, just count it. And then I gave myself an assignment. And I said to myself, I'm going to count it as joy for the next one day, 24 hours. Let me see whether this thing works. And... In the course of that 24 hours, every time something comes to mind, I just chewing, I, like, I don't know how, it's just psychological. 
I just tune it and just count it as joy. Like, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's going to be better. And then I feel better. And then I, I was enjoying the process. And for 24 hours, it looked so good. And then I said to myself again, can I try this thing for another 24 hours? And then I tried it again. And after two days, I said, you know what? Can I try this for three days? And then I tried it for three days. Every time I want to be sad, I just changed. And I said, no, I don't want to be sad. I just want to be happy for three days. After three days, we'll see what's up. And then it was the best time of my life. Don't forget all the bills that I had to pay, all the things that I was pursuing, everything was still there. But I was able to tune into me. And I guess, and that's the being that you're talking about. I tuned into me to just enjoy myself and forget about all of these things. I will solve them. And then the three days was powerful. And guess what? I tried seven days. Dima, that's how I started my journey into happiness. Like, I just kept trying and I kept trying. And when I tell people, I actually practiced how to be happy and joyful joyful and in the in the reverse i practice how not to be sad continuously you know they wonder how and i tell the story and i have helped a lot of people with it you know um have you had to go through such something i have to share with the listeners um, and now listening to you uh, it just gets me excited you actually with the story has collaborated one of the things that the science of happiness has propagated or has proven to be how people can take in all of this. So we looked at the six different pathways. But then if you are to say to me, summarize happiness in one word, mm. it's gratitude. Mm. Mm. So gratitude for the positive emotions, gratitude for showing up the way you are showing and even the mistakes you are making, mm. gratitude for your relationships, gratitude for the meaning and how life is treating you, gratitude for your achievements, gratitude. And that is what you've said. And one of the practices that I have, that I have also shared, it's part of the things that um, I share with people who I coach. It's about intentionally being grateful every day. So you said that you have to recall the things that you're counting your joys that day. We put it in, it's gratitude. Mm. So, and there's a research to back it that if you are able to recount at least three good things that happened to you in a day mm. and how you contributed to it happening, it will boost your happiness instantly. And then the magic about it is that the effect can last for up to six months. Wow. Wow. So if I'm working with anybody, one of the things that I will get them to choose, you know, in coaching, you don't tell them what to do. You present yeah. it and choose how it resonates with them. Find any way to show your gratitude every day. Some people choose to journal it and they're writing it down. Some people choose to create a gratitude jar mm. and every day they write something that they are grateful for and they throw it into there. Some people choose to voice it more mm. like an affirmation. So when they are waking up in the morning or the last thing at the night, they voice the things that they are grateful for. Because even when you feel down and you replay it or you check into your gratitude jar and you look at the things you've dropped, Mm. or you read your gratitude journal and you remind yourself of the things you are grateful for, it can lift you from that sadness. It can lift, lift you from that unpleasant memory. So whichever way gratitude can work for you, journaling, gratitude, gratitude voicing, whatever, it is the powerful way of showing up and being happy. And as a family, you can incorporate it into your family rituals. Mm. So one mm. thing um, you can do is when you're spending time together as a family, whether at meal time, whether just occasional family time, share gratitude. So I call mm. it um, this game gratitude ping pong. So it's like you're holding a tennis ball. So maybe you as the father of the house can start. You say one thing you are grateful for for the day. You nominate your son. Your son says something is grateful for. He nominates his mother, throws the ball to her. She says something. There's something it does. Each of you feel that lifting up of your spirit, but there's also that communal community. You know how we say yeah. um, community anointing. How would they put on for church? <laughs> that community. Yeah. So everybody 
spiritually happy and collectively happy. And my brother, that has been one of the most powerful interventions that I have shared with families in this lockdown that is helping them deal with the anxiety and worry. So it's such a powerful thing mm. to have a way of expressing gratitude and counting your blessings. Now, now you just helped me to realize um, in terms of mathematical calculation, you've just helped me realize why what happened to me in 2008 has been so impactful in my life. Because when you say that, if you are able to count your joy, which is being grateful for a moment, then um, it can last for six months. And yeah. I did it. I did it continuously, back to back. I did it from June to December. So back imagine you were storing up. You were storing so, up a mm -hmm. of gratitude. So imagine if you did it from June to December. Exponentially. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I remember telling my wife a day to the wedding. I said, any no, three days to the wedding. Anything that we don't have now is not needed. And I don't, I'm not going to think about it. I, I had soaked myself so much in that state that I forgot how to be sad about anything. Like I forgot, I practically forgot, I, I forgot how to be sad in my life. And now I know the reason because every little one can trans, can, can sustain you for three, six months. Yeah. That's amazing. Even if there's no intervention, that we wow. give to people who show up depressed, if we can get them to take ownership of expressing gratitude in any form or manner that resonates with them, mm. we have helped them to key into one tool that mm. can lift up their spirits. Suffice to say, you can store, uh, you can store up your happiness house, your happiness warehouse. You can keep storing it up in advance by being grateful yeah. and showing interesting in wow 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 dima it's been uh i don't know if you know that we've done one hour it's been an um, amazing <laughs> an amazing amazing session this is going to be a great great podcast um, um for everybody that's listening i mean i'm sure you know that this has been an amazing time Thank you, Dinma, the queen of happiness. I mean, thank you so much. You've brought happiness into this podcast. And I believe so much that everyone that listens to this episode would leave this episode happy. I mean, the last one crowns it for me. That you can actually store up six months of a happiness state. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I cannot thank you enough. I love you. I appreciate you. I, I, I appreciate everything that you do. And that's what has given me confidence to say come come share come share with my audience thank you so much thank you thank you thank you for having me and keep counting your joy so for everyone that is listening i just want to leave you with this word it doesn't matter which of the pathways that you are still struggling with just count your joy daily and wow. trust yourself to keep making progress wow. trust yourself wow. to keep moving and like I say to myself, every day I wake up, I declare the choice I want to make. So maybe I'll share that with you. If it resonates with you, you might want to share it with yourself. So I wake up every morning and I say to myself, I choose to be happy. Mm. So I'll live intentionally. And that mm. just helps me cast the vision for the day and go ahead. Mm. So my last word is keep making that choice to show up and keep living intentionally. Thank you, Dima. Thank you so much. And um, until um, you hear from me in the next podcast, everyone keep leveraging. Keep leveraging. Thank you, Dima. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you.